Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan-Green with another call in the podcast series. Today I'm very excited to bring you children's book author and editor-in-chief of Middle Shelf Magazine, Larissa White-Reyes. Welcome, Laurie. Thank you, Connie. It's really nice to talk to you today. Yes, yes, I'm thrilled to have you. And you and I had met when your son was doing a book drive for his Eagle Scout project. And it was yes. two things close to my heart. The Scouts, I love the Scouts. It's such a wonderful, wonderful program. And anything to do with books. And in that process, we found out that we were both authors, and that, but very different kinds of authors, and that you're a children's book author. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this direction. Sure. Well, you mentioned that uh, books are something that's close to your heart, and they're close to my heart, too. I've always been an avid reader and started writing as a young child. I've always loved writing short stories and poetry and plays, things like that. Uh, Started creative writing in college and such. Um, And when I started having kids from day one, I've always loved reading stories to my kids. In fact, the first book I ever read to my oldest daughter was a, a Dr. Seuss book that I read to her on the day I brought her home from the hospital. And I've never stopped reading to them since. Oh, wonderful. And, um, what, what book was yeah. that? Uh, I can't remember. Now. I think it was Hop on Pop. Okay. And uh-huh. I even had my husband record it on video <laughs> <laughs> as I read to her. That's that's wonderful. So as a, a little girl, like in elementary school, were you writing stories then? Oh, yes. I, I wrote my first poem when I was about six or seven years old and haven't stopped Um I started, after college, I actually wrote uh, for magazines and newspapers. I had my own editorial column for several years. It ran in a, ran in a few papers, wrote for um, lots of different magazines. But I got burned out and realized probably about eight years ago that my life dream had always been to be a novelist. That's what I always wanted to do. I just hadn't gotten around to doing it. So about eight years ago... My son, Mark, the one you met, the one who just got his Eagle Scout, he was about eight years old, and he was what they call a reluctant reader. I couldn't get him to read anything. So at night I'd read him stories, and we read a lot of fantasy books, and like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings kind of books, um, Aragon. And one night he said, Mom, don't read to me anymore. Make up a story instead. Mm. So I started making up a story about uh, an enchanter's apprentice who was trying to learn how to do magic, but every time he tried to cast a spell, it just blew up in his face. (laughs) And so the story about him and and, uh, magic grew from night to night over several weeks. And uh, every night I'd ask my son, what do you want to hear tonight? And sometimes he would tell me, dragons or sword fighting or let's talk about a battle tonight and eventually I thought you know what this might make a good book so I started writing it down took about a year to write the first draft but over time eventually it became my first published novel The Rock of Ivanor which was very exciting for me (laughs) because I'm finally living my dream yes yes that is very exciting and I love how it came out of that relationship with your son. And, uh, you know, I was a classroom teacher for 20 years, and 
And oh, really? You know, and the boys, especially girls, if you could get the girls to read, they would read most any story. But with the boys, you really had to grab them in a much different way. And that's yeah. exactly what you did. You tuned in, you listened to what he wanted, and then created something that then would help you fulfill one of your life streams as well. I love that. I love that. So I'm at your site. It's um, larisareyes.blogspot.com. Is there a direct yes. way to go here, or is that that's the direct way? You, that's the direct way. Okay. Uh, Larisa Reyes, L-A-U-R-I-S-A. Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. I know a lot of people don't. My name, Larissa, is kind of unusual. Yes, I love uh, it. I always have to spell it for people. <laughs> and when I say it, I say it with a little Spanish accent. I think Larissa. So. Well, actually, <laughs> it's it's um, has Russian origins as far as I know. Oh, okay. Um, I was supposed to be Larissa because my mom, when she was pregnant with me back in the 60s, she loved the movie Dr. Zhivago. Yes. And... So one of the characters in the movie was Larissa. But when I was born, she threw in that extra U and changed it to Larissa. <laughs> and I've been Larissa ever since, and I've never met, personally, I've never met another one. So No, and you and I were speaking briefly about this, the fact that your name, Larissa White Reyes, and my name, Connie Reagan Green, what's wonderful is that they're unique names. There's no one else on the planet with our names, so people can't mm-hmm. confuse us with someone else. And for people That's listening right. to this, I think it's important that we that we do do this. So tell us a little more. So the first one was Rock of Ivanor. So the next yes. one is The Last Enchanter. Yes, um, and they're both book. That's book one and book two of a series, and the series is called The Celestine Chronicles. High fantasy, magic, dragons, all of that kind of thing. Um, it's perfect for middle grade readers for ages 8 to about 14 or so. Although I've got a lot of high school and adults who like it too. Sure, <laughs> uh, sure. But three is coming out next year, hopefully. Excellent, excellent. So now, the way that you write and edit and publish books is really kind of the polar opposite of the way that I'm doing it. I started my own publishing company, and that way mm-hmm. I can publish my own books and do for other you know small business owners type of thing. Explain your process. How? Because I know yesterday you were on the phone with your editor, and when I'm on the phone with my editor, that means um, somebody from my tech team who's helping me with, with with what I'm doing. So it's very different. So tell us about your world. Well, I I started uh, submitting the Rock of Ivanor many many years ago uh, to publishers. Uh, working in the children's book world, you might say. Uh, it's a little bit different than working for writing adult book fiction or nonfiction. It's it's a, I'd say it's a very unique universe, um, and I always wanted to to be published traditionally. So I spent literally two years submitting the manuscript to publishers. The process for getting things published is so long and tedious, truthfully. It's really tedious. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of rejections during that time, which is not unusual. Um, I finally got a publisher named uh, called Tanglewood Press, their children's book publisher in Indiana. Uh, They finally contacted me after two years and wanted to publish it, but it took another, another three years before the book was actually published. So the whole process was really, really long. Um, And then the second book came out a year after that. And the way it worked is I submitted the book to them. Then they, my editor 
at the publishing house made a lot of corrections in the manuscript, had it send it back to me. I had to rewrite a lot of it, um, and then sent it back and went back and forth a few times. And this is over the course of a year or more. And then everything else that they they do, the the book literally is out of my hands during the publishing process. I had a little bit of input as far as the cover go, covers of both books go. Uh, we they hired um, a fantastic illustrator named um, Tristan Elwell. He does covers for lots of children's books, and he painted these beautiful paintings that became the covers. And my input was simply, I like this one over that one, and that was about all I had <laughs> to say. But otherwise, everything else was out of my hands. I have self-published one book long before these came out. I self-published a nonfiction book called Teaching Kids to Write Well, Six Secrets Every Grown-Up Should Know, because I spent about eight years as a creative writing instructor for homeschool students. And so I, the, that book was about some of the tricks of the trade, you might say, that I learned to help children fall in love with writing. And so my process for that was a completely different. All of that um, editing, formatting, and things like that, I had to do myself and learned along the way. So I've kind of had experience on, on both ends ends of it. <laughs> Yeah. Does that answer uh, your question? <laughs> no, it, it it really does. So now let me ask the question, are you given an advance from a publisher? How do you earn income from the books, or is that really not the, the major focus? That's a really, really good question, um, and the answer varies from author to author. I was fortunate I got a very small advance, I'm, uh, and when I say small, probably the minimal advance that you could call an advance. Uh, but I'm grateful I got something from my publisher. Many yeah. authors who publish traditionally with small presses, mine is a small press, don't get any advance at all, In fact, uh, which is not a bad thing necessarily. In fact, I have a book coming out this June. It's a uh, young adult thriller called Contact, and it's with another publisher, Hollowed Ink Press. And with this book, I didn't get any advance. But that's okay because... Hopefully, um, my earnings will come off of the sales of the book. An advance is simply money up front against whatever you may or may not earn down the road. In the long run, the earnings end up the same. Now, some a lot of authors who are fortunate to, uh, enough to get a contract with a large publishing house may get anywhere from 5000 up to 100000 or more, depending on who they are and what kind of book they're doing. Um, I'm not anywhere near that. <laughs> it would be nice if I was. Um, but I've also heard that uh, self-published authors earn really good income off of their books, too. So Yeah, yeah. Cause, um, yeah, because most of my uh, audience, you know, we're self-publishing because it is just so, so lucrative. It it yes. really is. So when when books are sold through bookstores or through Amazon, then that goes to the publisher, and then they're sending you royalties or whatever that's called from that. Yes. Okay. And okay. Uh, and be to be honest, uh, selling marketing middle grade fiction through a small press is not lucrative. It's 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 a you know you I do because I love it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I do would I would like to. That's why I'm kind of venturing into young adult because uh, young adult books tend to be a little easier to market. Okay. Um, and that's a complicated issue. It's probably a whole other topic. Yes, yes, um, but it, but it's interesting, and it's interesting for us to understand what it is because I think in my world we consider someone like you a real author. <laughs> you know, I would refer to someone. I would say yes. I think I, anyone who publishes anything and actually <laughs> writes it and puts it out to the public is a real author. Well, thank you, thank you. And you know, the rest of us, what we're doing, we're really we're doing the best that we that we possibly can. We really are, but we want to get it to market usually within a few months, and um, then earn the income from that and and connect with people in a in a different way. So it's so it's a different world. But let's switch over now and talk about your writing process because I know you're busy. You sure. have several children and a husband and a and a busy busy life. Um, how do you it's get the writing done? <laughs> yes, yes. Because I know with me, I write in the mornings because that's my prime time when I'm the freshest. But that means I'm going to write for two or three hours in the morning and then leave whenever I have my first appointment or when I have a call with someone like you, like it's 10 in the morning for us right now. But your writing, it's done very differently. Yes. I it's I have five children, and everyone usually, there's a gasp. <laughs> I hear the gasp. <laughs> my oldest is 20, and she's a junior in college. My youngest is six, and he's in kindergarten. And the other three are kind of spread out in the middle. I and when I started writing, um, again I started writing when my oldest was an infant. Uh, well, I started writing my, earlier than that, but professionally started writing when she was a baby for magazines and newspapers. And at that time, having young young children, what I would do is I'd stay up really late at night, sometimes working until two o'clock in the morning, or I'd get up in the middle of the night to take care of a baby and then stay up for an extra hour or two and and work. Well, I'm a lot older now, (laughs) and I'm tired. (laughs) I cannot stay up past 10. Literally, I have fallen asleep at my computer numerous times, and it's kind of funny. (laughs) So now I do it differently. I, I try to get up a little bit before my kids wake up in the morning. I get a little bit of work done, um, then like half an hour, get them off to school <clears throat> and I generally give myself between nine and nine AM and twelve o'clock. That's while my little boy's in kindergarten. And during those three hours I don't spend that whole time writing. Uh, I'll write a little bit, I'll edit, I work on the magazine that I work for. Um any anything writing related fits into that three hour block. And once my little boy comes home from kindergarten I have to move on to laundry and dishes and preparing dinner and homework and piano <laughs> lessons and scouts and all the other normal life kind of things. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. But, you know, I mean, children are so blessed to have a mom that has the time to, to do that. I mean, it you know, it, it changes their life forever that you're there with them. And it means a lot to me, too. I've been very fortunate to have been home with them through their whole lives. Um, thank goodness my husband is really supportive of my being home and working from home. And uh, he is also really supportive of my writing habit, which is really nice. So, But I am here with my kids. And yeah, my that's priority. excellent. Because, you know, I didn't start my business until, you know, my, my children were long, long gone. I didn't even become a teacher until they were in college. 
So really? I understand. Yeah, yeah. I just never, I never would have done that. And not to have any judgment of of what anybody's lifestyle is, but you know, for me, it was just best to to be there, be hands on. And I'm a hands on grandma, but no one lives with me. So it's a very different world because um, it's very rare that someone is actually even spending the night at my house. So it is mm-hmm. it is different, and we all you know we we do what works for us and and for our families. Exactly. And that's important. That's important. All right. Well, tell us about Middle Shelf Magazine. Ah, Middle Shelf Magazine, my second love next to writing itself. Um love writing. I'm addicted to writing, but I really have fallen in love with my my job. Um kind of fell out of the sky. I as I mentioned, I have a lot of experience with newspapers and magazines in the past, but that's oddly enough that's not how I got into this. I got a phone call, well, it started with an email one day from Middle Shelf Magazine. Um it's published by Shelf Media Group, and they're well-known for their magazine, um, Shelf Unbound, which is a digital uh, review magazine, primarily of self-published books. Fantastic uh, magazine. It's free online, and it's been around for about three and a half years. They have a readership of uh, 125,000 subscriptions in 58 countries. And the, the editor the owner of the company emailed me and said, we're looking for some free, a freelance editor. Uh, can we talk to you? And I thought, well, you know, I have experience with that. I was a book editor uh, for a few years with um, Maple Tree Press, working on nonfiction. And I, I can do that. And I could, you know, I, I could use some pocket change. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making any money off my book at the time. So I, could, I need something to keep me busy. So she called me. And we ended up talking for about an hour, and she was telling me about her ideas for this new spin-off magazine for kids, a uh, magazine that would review books for middle-grade readers for children 8 to 12 or 14. Um, and she had all these wonderful ideas, but she doesn't have any kids of her own, doesn't, didn't have any uh, really experience in the children's book world, and needed somebody to work with who was connected to that um, industry. And as we're talking, I'm thinking, why is she telling me all this? I'm just an (laughs) editor. You know, I'm just going to read a few articles for her, make 50 bucks, and and be done with it. We get to the end of of the conversation, and at this point I have locked myself in the bathroom and sitting on the side of the bathtub because my kids are making so much noise (laughs) in the house. I couldn't hear the conversation. So we get to the end, and she said, you're exactly what we need. This is your magazine. You're the editor-in-chief. Wow. And I, my jaw <laughs> dropped to the floor. Oh, what a wonderful you know, Here I am in my bathrobe with <laughs> – and, and it was just – I was stunned. And um <laughs> like, what? But I was so excited about it, and I said, yes, of course I'll do it. And, of course, I had never done anything like this in my life. But I love books, and I love kids, and I love – specifically, I love books for children because I'm constantly reading books that my own kids read because I want to know what they love, and I write what they love. So it turned out that I'm perfect for this. I, I caught on really fast. I have a passion 
for this, and I happened to have lots of connections in the industry already in place. So I knew who to call. I knew who to contact. They all knew who I was already. Um, our first issue, we got uh, Margaret Peterson Haddocks was our feature interview. She is a best-selling middle-grade author. Uh, she's an amazing, very, very popular author. And then the next issue, I got uh, Richard Peck to be our feature interview, and he is a Newbery Award-winning author. And then this last issue that's um, just coming out tomorrow, in fact, uh, we're interviewing Neil Schusterman, who, again, is a best-selling, very popular author. So, you know, we're hoping that these names, along with all the other articles that we're putting in the magazine, will put the ma- put Middle Shelf on the map. Yes, and, uh, definitely. We're hoping, our goal is that it will become a, uh, a, a, a resource for parents, teachers, librarians, and the kids themselves to find the best books for kids to read. And it's a free resource. It's free to subscribe, which is fantastic. Well, and tell us where we can go for that. You can go to shelfmediagroup.com. Okay. And on the right-hand column, there's a, a box that says Middle Shelf Magazine. You click on that. It'll take you to our all of our issues and show you how you can subscribe for free. Um, we are also on Facebook. You can find us, Middle, Middle Shelf Magazine, on Facebook. Um, I think uh, eventually we'll be on Twitter. I'm not much of a Twitter person, so I haven't got around <laughs> To doing that yet. You can you can automate Twitter. You don't have to go there very often. I know. <laughs> I, I've got to arrange that. I do. <laughs> secret. Well, I think you know that conversation that you had with that woman, and the fact that your children your children were part of it. They were making noise, so you had to find solitude someplace and to be able to talk. And I think your passion must have really come through. So that's a case of you know when we really are our true authentic self. Other people can see that in us. They can pick up on that. Absolutely. And she knew that you were the perfect person. Well, Laurie, it's wonderful, wonderful talking with you. And I want everyone to go to your site. So I'm going to give you uh, a site to go to, uh, larisareyes.blogspot.com, and I'll spell it L-A-U-R-I-S-A-R-E-Y-E-S.blogspot.com. Also, if you go over to Amazon, and if you put in her name, so Larissa, L-A-U-R-I-S-A, middle uh, name is White, W-H-I-T-E, last name Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, then you will find her author page, you will find her books and be able to do it. And I would love for you in the future to write something for girls. <laughs> well, in, in Last Enchanter, one of the main characters is a feisty young lady named Lael. Okay. Which is a great book, girl book for any girl who likes magic and dragons and stuff. Excellent. But Excellent. Uh, and my and my new YA book, the main character is a girl. I like girls too, so don't worry. I got two <laughs> daughters, so I got to write something for them once in a while. Because my only foray into into children's writing, it really was a book that that boys would have loved more because I always knew that challenge with them. So that's mm. that's interesting. <laughs> so um, you know, best of success with everything that you're Thanks. doing, and uh, I see that you're addicted to chocolate, like I am. I and, am. I and, really love Godiva. <laughs> yes, and sushi, and you <laughs> said but not at the that? same time. Chocolate and sushi. Yes, Godiva. Yes, I love Godiva too. And they sell it in some of the department stores, which isn't quite right. You go there to buy clothing, and the next thing you know, you've purchased chocolate. 
And they sell it at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. Which yes. is the Barnes and Noble in my town. So. Yes, and I hope that they they keep the Barnes and Nobles open. We must have our bookstores in Santa Barbara. We have just some uh, small independent bookstores that do extremely well up there because it's a small city, and we all thank goodness you know, for them. Yes, yes. So it's it's wonderful to do it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being thank my you, guest Connie. today. All right. This it was is my Connie. pleasure. Oh, thank you. This is Connie Reagan Green. Visit hugeprofitstinylist.com. You can see all of the calls in the podcast series.